Hello, and welcome to Gaming from the First Age. My name is First Age, and I'm here to talk bobbins about tabletop role-playing games as usual. Now, I am just arranging my face uh, at a particular point away from the microphone. I do have a new one, a USB microphone. It is extraordinarily cheap, but is also extraordinarily enthusiastic in the way that it picks up sound. So I'm, I'm trying to manage that a little bit and watching, you know, the Audacity recorder, certainly high levels of green and the occasional flash of red. So maybe I'll get this wrong. I am even now placing myself further away. If I get it wrong, apologies. Uh, I will, of course, look at it before it goes out, but you may need to fiddle with it at your end and I may need to basically sit at the other end of the room for this to be effective or do something a bit cleverer rather than physically move my face. What a lot of bobbins about microphones, but there you are. It's the excitement of the moment. I hope you're well. I hope you're okay. I hope, no, I hope you're considerably better than okay, actually. And life is treating you well. I'm all right. I'm kind of fine. Um, but I'm back. And I thought, I thought I'd talk about a couple of things. Well, mostly one thing. Maybe a couple of things, but mostly tabletop role-playing game conventions. Face-to-face -face ones, that is. So they're back. They seem to be. And there are a couple that I'd like to talk about. And they were both busy in their own way. We had UK Games Expo. Now, that's the UK's large one. Certainly busy. And I want to talk about North Star, which is one of the ones that I run in Sheffield, my local city. Um, which is one of the probably one of the smallest ones, or it's very small. I'd say about fifty people, um, but both in their own way delivered a great experience, and I want to talk a little bit about that. So there you are, UK Games Expo, North Star, maybe some reflections of conventions to come, and maybe one or two other things thrown in as well. But let's start with the UK Games Expo convention. <laughs> Before I get going on uh, the UK games convention scene and so on, I in a I think in my last podcast I talked uh, enthusiastically about a sort of a game mode. I'm not going to call it an experiment, a, a, a game mode that uh, Che Webster from Roleplay Rescue is is working with at the moment, which is having a lot of fun with, and that is where the the players do not have very much information or very much certain mechanical game information in front of them. That's that's deliberately taken uh, kind of away. And the mechanical side of the game is all held, if you like, over the GM screen side. So the idea is, is that by sort of limiting the amount of information, sort of technical game mechanic information that the players have it enables and frees up the players to have a stronger more immersive experience of play and um, I'd, I'd in the certainly the last podcast I'd rather inaccurately said that they had nothing in front of them and uh, so I've been pulled up on that one and so it's not that they've got nothing what they've got is just if you like indications of strength areas in a more but but delivered in a very narrative kind of way to them 
so that's there and available for them to reference to help support play. Uh, and additionally, they've also got quite a bit of information on inventory. So they've got a good idea about what they're carrying and, and, and how they are managing their resources in that way. So to say that they have nothing in front of them was was a, was incorrect. Uh, and I wanted to make that correction. Um, hopefully I've got that um, a little bit more uh, correct. Uh, but nevertheless... Um, a really interesting um, mode of play, which uh, Che has been exploring uh, in recent months. Now, I had intended to record this, you know, moments after my return from UK Games Expo, which was the beginning of the month. It's now firmly at the end of the month, so I have failed in that respect. But maybe maybe some reflective juices will have marinated this um, particular podcast. I, I kind of doubt it. But um, I think my main reflection, of course, was that I had a great time and it kind of worked for me. I met some people in the real. I, I probably could have managed meeting some more people in the real, but um, just even to, even to meet some was... A bit of a delight really so so there we are so it was a good convention uk games expo runs over four days effectively for me four days and delivers a, a really good experience a really good gaming experience now i'm on a budget uh, i suspect half of this podcast will be about me whinging on about how i can make the whole thing affordable but you know it's tight enough to preclude on-site hotels um, so I went for a, a close proximity Airbnb, which probably worked out about five to ten minutes away, sort of drive away, should I say, from the venue itself. The actual Airbnb itself was a very small, single bedded, you know, room in a small block with uh, my own ensuite, and it was perfectly serviceable and perfectly fine for my purposes. It was kind of a bit of a crash pit. It didn't come with very much, but it came with enough um, that it, it kind of did the job. On the Thursday night when I arrived at New UK Games Expo, I did walk from the Airbnb to uh, the NEC site, the National Exhibition Centre, which was a roughly 45-minute walk, actually, in part by the side of the a 45 charming dual carriageway that heads between I think Coventry and Birmingham or something um, and then into the airport complex by way of going through and into the NEC itself. Now I think at the time when I when I walked it I, I, I mean it might have been the timing of it I, but I was the only person walking along the A45 uh, and I started to wonder if I, I had become strange. I think that real, that realisation probably has come quite late, really. But there we are. It was an interesting walk. The Airbnb altogether made, makes, for me, the convention viable. But for carrying game bling and swag purchases to and fro, well, that would be quite difficult, actually, because it's a 45-minute walk. So, in fact, what I did is I also treated myself to three days of parking at the actual venue. So I did actually drive the 10 minutes from the Airbnb to the venue. It felt a little bit sort of wrong, but at the same time, it actually made it very comfortable, affordable. Uh, and it gave me a kind of like a base outside of the venue to leave bags, swag, um, you know, bling, gaming bling that I was going to use 
for the actual convention itself and to pick up snacks and bottles of water and whatever else I wanted to do. So all in and allowing for the rocketing costs of car fuel, the event was highly affordable for me and therefore sustainable for future years, which I was quite pleased about. Uh, and this affords me some spend at the halls. So, you know, because I cut costs around the edges, I can actually feel that I can be, well, for me, profligate in the actual spending halls themselves, which is quite nice. And there are plenty of, sh- there's plenty of shopping. It is largely, no, it's not largely, it is a shopping convention amongst other things. Uh, and I didn't have to worry too much about beers and food and so on. Uh, but having said that, you know, the RPG GM package is, is very good. So I, I did I did run a couple of, of games and that kind of gave me some entrance tickets. So I got in pretty much free uh, and some street food vouchers to help manage cost and to have some sort of effectively quote unquote free food as a thank you for me GMing a couple of games. So good stuff. Uh, I can further report, by the way, that uh, in, in case you are going to go to UK Games Expo and you do end up in the role-playing track side, which which will place you at the Hilton Metropole Hotel, that uh, lime and sodas are actually affordable at the Hilton Metropole Bar. Everything you may have heard about the bar uh, will tell you otherwise, and beers can be a little bit pricey there. It's hotel prices. But even, if, even though I was charged, I think... I think three different prices for a lime and soda. Pints, by the way. Ice, yes, please. Of the three, one of which was actually given to me free. Now, I did look at myself at that point and think, well, well, is is it what I'm wearing? But I really didn't differentiate very much from the other gamers that were uh, populating the bar at the time. I I don't think I looked particularly haggard or, or anything like that. So I think it was just a... A lucky charm role, really. So um, don't expect free, by the way. But um, it did happen to me. It happened. And I thought I would let you know. I say the UK Games Expo is big. Well, I I I don't know how you can compare it with other things. I'm not in on, you know, Gen Con sizes and so on. But for the UK, it's relatively big. Now, my my understanding of the stats is about 23,000 plus probably unique visitors over the effectively three days it's three full days friday through to sunday with about thirty nine thousand repeat visitors which is higher than i was expecting as in 2019 which was pre-pandemic and possibly a high point of uk games expo it was about twenty five thousand visitors and uh, about forty five thousand unique visitors uh, sorry, 45,000 repeat visitors over that, uh, that that weekend. So although this year, 2022, is down on 2019, and I have to say, in my small part of the convention, it felt quieter, it, particularly in the gaming room that I ended up in, it was usually about half full, rather than literally every table in that particular room full. Now, I may have struck lucky, with the gracious room that I was given. But it did help me because I, I had a fighting chance of actually hearing my players. I am getting old. But the background hubbub and the exclamations of, of gamers around tables just means I kind of miss out on understanding what people are actually saying to me. So I have to wander around or squint or something. So that was quite nice. So despite that, very, very busy. And 
thereby holds a rather interesting stats around probably COVID. Now, when I when I went, I wasn't quite sure what COVID precautions might be in play. And the answer was basically none. Um, so no masks, um, the ventilation, I think maybe they tried their best with the ventilation. I don't know what options they have within the NEC. But there was basically, there was, there was a few sort of desultory sort of uh, cleaning stations where you could gel your hands. But really it's, you know, largely, a, I think, a sort of a, a, an air vector. Um, so there the, the, the just simply wasn't very much. Now, fortunately, I didn't catch it. Um, I, I know of one or two sort of distant friends or distant sort of gaming colleagues who unfortunately did catch it. So the disease is still obviously rife. I got away with it, um, which is which is quite lucky, I think, really. While I was there, there were a couple of old memes that I'd forgotten. You know how it is when, I don't know, you sort of leave something for a while and return to it. And then you think, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's that thing. Well, there were two things that I think were almost reclaimed to my memory whilst uh, I was running my games. Uh, the first one, um, I wonder if you've encountered this, he said knowingly. Oh, I, 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 I haven't got any dice. Could, could I borrow some? That is still a thing. Well, I suppose it would be, wouldn't it? Because it was a thing before. What is that all about? I mean, I'm obviously prepared for it. I have copious amounts of dice. I have too many sets of dice to be fair so but not specifically so i can give it out to players because i just like carrying lots of dice really but it's still a thing i don't understand it i never have and it's still there sort of reassuring really you know it's there it's a thing the other one though the other one i sort of find well maybe even more bizarre but it's always been a thing but it's still there can i keep the character sheet i mean yes Yes, of course. Of course you can. Yes, of course. It's just a printout. But what happens to them? You know, I mean, what really does happen to them? You know, once the convention has gone and they're taken away, are they assiduously catalogued in a great system of recording? Are they framed and put on the wall along with all the others? I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. Maybe they are. Or, or perhaps more likely, are they forgotten? in a jumbled folder and eventually left to decay in some prior idyll that is now a landfill. I don't know. I really don't know. But, you know, I did I did find when I was sort of collecting sheets that character sheets just went and sometimes people sort of coyly asked, could I keep it? To which I smiled and said, well, of course, yes, that's fine. Well, there we are, two things. I do love the trade hall and ambling amongst the vendors with their marvellous wares. And, and there are some highlights for me. I'm going to go through my highlights in, in the trading hall. And I was looking for... No, I'll come to that in a moment. I was looking for, well, what attracts me? What do I go for in the hall? And there is, there is a theme. See if you can pick up the theme as I go for my highlights. But my first highlight is a frequent one. And it's a consistent one, should I say, uh, across my attendances at UK Games Expo. And that is the Studio Agate stand. It is always really beautiful. It's eye-catching and full of beautiful people, which makes sense because they always deliver beautiful games. It's all beautiful. And I think I, I almost want to go there just, just to see if some of that beauty rubs off on me. You know, it might be quite nice, actually, if it did. Um, but I'm... I also go there for the Gallic warmth. And, you know, I always leave glowing 
from the inside and out. You know, I generally get a sort of a, a hug from Nell. It was a slightly more sort of cautious post-COVID sort of rub of the shoulder this time around. It didn't quite have that sort of full Gallic strength, but it was lovely anyway. And um, there was a very good deal on there, uh, a good sort of catch-up deal. Have you missed out on some Shadows of Esterin? Well, here's a deal for you. I did that deal and I went for it, which was lovely. And I bagged a separate copy of the Choose Your Own Adventure book for my brother. And uh, in fact, when I was there, getting, I, I went back for it because I sort of checked with my brother to say, would you like this Choose Your Own Adventure? I know how much you like them. Yes, I would. And the art director uh, dutifully uh, signed it for me with a beautiful bit of a little bit of art uh, for my brother. Just brilliant, really. Loved it. It was great to meet the creator and uh, and associate, a, a collaborator on the Legends of Avalon. But this was a delight. It was delightful to be able to get a copy and talk a bit about virtual tabletops with them. And they were lovely people as well. And a huge achievement to get such a lovely, lovely book out. And I must follow up with some actual play of that game. And even now, um, having got onto their Discord, their planning sort of campaigns and other uh, other content for that game, I suspect that will get some actual play, which is really nice. So a couple of big highlights there. Another one was the Colossal Solo RPG Adventure. I may um, manage to get some links for you in the show notes for this. But um, again, that looked perfect for my brother, actually. It was a solo, kind of a solo adventure, but done in a very slightly different way. It, it looked beautiful. Yeah, that probably is a, th- a common theme, but not the one I'm thinking of. And it was great to buy this for my brother and to chat briefly to the sole person who was holding the fort on the stall. And it's really only the... I find it's only at the trade hall that you get that immediate sort of face-to-face opportunity to speak about the books and the content that they've put out and show your appreciation to them. So that was another lovely product, which is now off with my brother. So I'm looking forward to his review of that. I spent some time, as I often do, on the Modifius stall, which is always a large stall that holds sort of the centre of the hall, really. Um, Now... I did misjudge things slightly when I was there, uh, particularly my timing of trying to sort out my infinity books. I'm a, I'm a backer. I backed everything. Yes, I did. I think, when was it? When was it? I think the kickstart for infinity, <sighs> without looking, I think it was something like 2015. So, you know, a, a mere seven years ago. Uh, they are still churning out books for it, or at least they have been uh, up until about now. Uh, and I've never been very sure whether I've got them all and what wave that I'm in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a complete muddle, to be honest. But I went saying it would be quite nice to get some more of my books, hoping that the system that they had would actually know what books I had already got. And in fact, when um, I think it was Rita from Modifius helpfully had a look, it did seem clear that they knew what I had, which was kind of helpful. But actually, the process of looking at the delta of what I had and, and what Modifius actually had with them was quite complicated. And um, given that it was a very, very busy stall, really, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I should have found another place to have done that. Or I'm not really very sure how and when I can do it. Um, I did get one book. 
I did eye along the sort of array of infinity books and thought, well, I don't think I've got that one or that one or that anyway, whatever. So, but I did enjoy my stop there and look at all their wonderful wares, most of which for some of the lines, particularly Conan and Infinity, well, I, I just banked everything. So I've got, I've got, I've got all of it. Well, almost all of it. Inevitably, you find, oh, I didn't get the cards or I didn't get the, I don't know, the fluffy dice or the, the bag or something, but whatever. I do have rather a lot of it. And very nice it, it, it all was, too. I think probably I'm going to have to go back and drag and meet with a photo of my current collection, print it out and give it to somebody and say, I'll come back in an hour. Could I have all the books that I don't have um, and I'll take them away? I may even email them before I go. Exciting times. So, you know, there they are. There's my infinity story. But there's another reason why it's good to hook up with people and sort stuff out there we are i sloped off in the end i just i was just a bit embarrassed even to have bothered them really i, I, I did buy an intermediately big d20 from the dice shop but just because you know because you can what i should have got was an intermediately big d6 because then i could have used it for an escalation die uh, or indeed probably for momentum for 2d20 games actually as it is i didn't do that well, never mind. There'll be another time when I can do that. I did buy an extremely bright and colourful generic RPG system with an exploding dice system from a very nice lady from Lowestoft. Now you see, maybe just start to think about this a little bit. Now, I can't remember what it's called. Hang on. Just a minute. I've got the... Uh, I've got it on PDF. I've got it on one of these little PDF sticks, you know, like a data stick, a USB stick with... Core RPG, there it is, the Core RPG. I've got it, I've got it in a little bag, Japanese opened. The Core RPG and VNM Guide, PDF, USB. I did also buy some of the books, which are now in, almost immediately out of date because they're kickstarting or getting a second edition where presumably they're going to improve on it. But never mind, I just bought it because I just, I just did. And that was, it was nice to support them, really. It was nice to have a chat support them will i ever get core rpg to the table well i've got to spend time reading it first and that could be the challenge anyway lower stuffed i also spoke to the dungeon master software team uh, i spoke to the designer actually or one of the lead developers for it uh, and managed to resist buying it as i was kind of trying to work out how i would use it it runs on it runs on tablets and you can have a GM mode and a player mode and a distribution of graphics modes. It's a way of sharing assets. It's a way of simplifying combat. has a 5e module. I think they're about to do a PF2 Pathfinder 2nd edition module. Um, I don't think they're going to do a 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons module. Just don't. <laughs> um, or indeed, probably anything else that I actually play. Um, I was interested in it. I was trying to find a way of understanding how I would use it. it. It's clever, useful for distributed play as well, I think, when people are not all in the same room. And I think will add something to a gaming experience. I have to say, I, I looked at it and thought, well, I'm not sure I'm going to use it enough to warrant a purchase. And he was very nice about it, and I wandered off in the end. But on that subject, the Alchemy RPG virtual tabletop is a theatre of the mind virtual tabletop that provides music, images in a very atmospheric way while you're playing a game. 
And I know I've seen some people using Alchemy RPG and a big monitor whilst physically around a table. And that blend of a digital presentation tool and people physically around a table might be an interesting blend, like a hybrid of technology and, well, frankly, just the face-to-face experience, which I'll come to in a moment. So I'm, I'm sort of looking and thinking about that. And I don't know what you think, whether, whether there are sort of hybrid uses of tech and the physical that work for you. But that's perhaps one area that I, I might explore and even might explore in a convention setting. It might be quite a nice way to have some, some, some way of displaying images to provide some visuals and some sort of thematic uh, images that might sort of help provide tone and context for play. So, Dungeon Master software. Loki Battle Mats is my last, I suppose, particular pullout of the trade hall. Lovely people. I picked up a couple, one for me, one for North Star, which I'll talk about a bit later, uh, because out of the blue, and it can't have been out of the blue, I, I, I suspect I suspect there was some encouragement from someone lovely out there. Um, they just contacted me and said, would you like to have a couple of our science fiction Loki battle mats for North Star? To which I said, oh, yes, please. And I asked the uh, GMs and there were a couple said they might be interested in using them. So they appeared at North Star. So I picked them up basically from um, the Loki people. Lovely. So Trade Hall... The trade hall isn't just about shopping for me. It's about talking to the industry and the people and conveying your appreciation to them for all the things that they do. So for me, it's actually very much a social um, thing rather than just a, a commercial uh, thing. And I think I think the common theme through the things that attract me, because I did say I'd, I'd mention that, is 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 the word lovely because I've, I've I've permeated peppered my trade hall discussion with with the word lovely but i think i'll go for creative slightly fringe maybe slightly on the outside that and particularly products and and, and books that i i haven't heard of before often from small uh, independent uh, vendors and I, I tend to sort of be attracted to those so it an interesting sort of looking uh, system from lowerstoft yes uh, a couple of people I'd never heard of before who looked really nice. Shadows of Avalon. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll go to the big players as well. You know, I'll I'll, I'll be on the Modifius store as well because they're kind of lovely too. Um, but I think I, I often just seek out those slightly fringe, at least fringe to me and my expectations. And I don't want to su- suggest that anyone that I bought are, are just fringe players. It's more my perception as I go around the hall. And that's, and that's what attracts me. When I'm going round. So there we are. I'd like to also talk about games, which I'll do in the next segment. Running games in real life. I'd kind of forgotten a little bit about what that was like. I I have run some at Revelation. um, So I'd had some experience with face-to-face gaming. Uh, We were back. We have been back for a little while, so I have experienced some. But it was nice to go back to a convention and run some, especially for tables of people that you do not know. 
So the ones, the conventions that I run in Sheffield, a lot of the people that are there are return attendees. So I know them very well. They're like gaming family. Um, out at UK Games Expo, no idea who's going to turn up. And sure enough, I don't think I knew anybody who, who turned up. I didn't know them personally at all. So that was a kind of a return to that. I ran two games. I ran 4th edition Dungeons and & Dragons, and I sort of paused slightly there because, you know, I was determined to get the 4E Renaissance out in the physical and see if you're still Lux. Now, the 4E game was... I mean, both games went fine. The 4E game was almost a recreation of a virtual tabletop session, and as such was, I found, a little exhausting, largely for the bling with tokens and maps... I'd done individual power cards for all the player characters who were all at fifth level. And all of all that bling was greatly appreciated by the players. But logistically, it was, well, time-consuming to create, taxing to carry and present. But um, overall, the experience was good. I think there, having the car on site where I could just dump it all and then bring it along when I needed it, was pretty much essential actually. I had arranged to have the bags kept to one side out of the way at the event desk, but I kind of didn't want to I kind of didn't want to do that. I did, did it briefly. They, they were there for a very short period of time. But um yes, the 40 was 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 great fun and it it was well worth well worth me bringing it along. I I probably need to find another way of doing it that is more manageable for me and less tiring. The Cepheus Deluxe game attracted some very keen traveller players. They were quite interested to see the differences between, I guess, Mongoose Traveller or Classic Traveller and Cepheus Deluxe. There are some differences, though the fundamental game is is pretty much the same. And they enjoyed the flavour that the Cepheus Deluxe brought and they enjoyed the game a great deal. It also happened to playtest the publication I'm doing. So that was kind of nice as well. But the games were great fun, and it was great fun to be back out there doing that kind of thing. Next year, I'll probably try and run three. I think I'm going to try and run three. I ran very different systems. Again, good safety tip is to often, if you're going to run several games, try and run the same system at least, so you will possibly even run the same game. I don't know. But um, good stuff and, and good fun. So overall, UK Games Expo was a really fun experience, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. North Star is not long over. Um, I've closed the accounts and paid the people I needed to pay, and sort of banked the the um, this, this sort of small operating return that we managed to get out of North Star into the accounts, so it's ready for next year. The dust, if you like, uh, has settled. And again, a lovely experience. About 50 people in the Garrison Hotel, which is a a converted Victorian barracks. It's now now a hotel. It still has the cells, the actual cells, because we're actually in the the jail of the the, uh, barracks. Those those small cell rooms, ideal for probably about five players overall, around round tables or oval tables in the actual cells themselves, plus other areas as well, gives us an operating space for, well, probably in total, if we use all of the rooms, including the armory, which is outside with very thick walls, um, about 70 to 80 people. We had 50 for North Star. 50, 
is a good number. It's the number we used to get for North Star, you know, uh, before the end times of COVID. So we're kind of back there as well. And it went really, really well. Uh, it's all pre-booked. Everyone knows the slots that they will be getting. It, the convention during the actual weekend itself largely runs itself, which is the way we like to do it. So those organisers who can attend, thereby hangs a story, can just actually enjoy playing and running games themselves. You know, it's not it's not a huge admin burden over over the weekend. So a very successful return to science fiction tabletop role-playing games. That's the theme. We had a lot of great games there, a, a huge amount of variety, quite a lot of Star Trek, both the Modifius 2D20, we had some of the, some of the original Phaser, we had, a, I think, a Forged in the Dark Star Trek, we had some Star Wars, we had Traveller, we had plenty of others, you know, a really good mix of games. We had Mutant Chronicles. I'm trying to think of the games. We had Myriad Song. I played in the Myriad Song. That was that was a lot of that was a really great to play some Myriad Song. So a wonderful array of games, high quality, well well enjoyed by the people that came. We had some great feedback. Sadly, my co-conspirator for North Star, Dom, again COVID COVID strikes. COVID. I mean, I've mentioned it many times in this podcast because it's not gone. Sadly, he, his, one of his family members uh, caught it, which meant that he had to stay and be the dutiful dad and hold the fort and look after the kids. I understand people are now okay over there. But it meant right at the, right at the end, when we were just about to get going with North Star, he realised he couldn't go. Um, so largely thanks to his organising, meant that the event itself ran as smoothly as it in fact did. Um, so thanks to Dom. Uh, for all his work, but the convention itself was uh, was still, thanks to him, uh, a great success. Uh, one or two things that I've since tried to sort out for our next one, and there will be a next one. So I'm actually attending other conventions elsewhere and really looking forward to them. It's a bit of a processional for me this year. I've got Continuum, which is in Odeby, Leicester. That's, well, I think it might it might be switching to uh, every year, I think. Uh, it's kind of back from the pre-COVID times. It's, it's, it's sort of returned this year. And Obelus is an important place for me because I grew up briefly. Well, I had a brief period of time where I was a, a, a kid living, not in the university halls that it's set, but in the university halls across the road from where it's set. And to be honest, I love going there, just walking the walk. Doing the walk through you know, across the playing fields to my old primary school when I used to go there, so I, I always I always go there and I come back. Convention itself, really looking forward to. Uh, I need to sort out one or two more games for uh, Kiri, who's organising them this year. So th- th- I've got that one. I've got Albert and the Wizard Staff, which I've never managed to get to. I am now booked again in an Airbnb just nearby Leamington Spa. It's literally just opened for sign-ups. I'm running the Cepheus Deluxe game again there. I kind of think I maybe maybe should have taken 4E. I think I would have bit my hand off, but never mind. And again, a lovely array of games. But as ever, I'm looking forward to the social. There's uh, there's drinks and there's a curry on the Friday night. That'll be great. 
uh, and a chance to meet people that largely I natter to on Twitter, <laughs> but I'll see them in the reel, so that's kind of good. So there's, so there's those. And then the one after that, I've got a couple more. Furnace, which is another one of the Garrison Hotel ones. If you're in the UK, by the way, and you want to come along to uh, one of the Garrison conventions, well, I, I mean, I'll recommend it. I mean, I would, wouldn't I? But they are regularly highly rated as really friendly, sort of fairly contained, small conventions, just focusing on playing some really good games with some nice people. So do come along if you can manage it. I'll, I'll put, again, I might put some links in the show notes or, or just leave me a note and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you about it. So that's a furnace is coming in October. And then I've got Dragon Meat, which I do intend to go to. It's in London. Um, so I've got to work out how to get there and again, try and keep it affordable for me. So yeah, I'll see how I do with that. But that, that that's my convention sort of season for at least this year. And I'm looking forward to, to all of them. So, yes, North Star, another big success. And I think conventions are kind of largely back, which I'm delighted about. So there we are. Some reflections on the convention scene in the UK, as I have experienced it a little bit over the past well, a couple of months, let's say. I'm, I'm already sort of wondering a little bit about transport costs. I could do trains here and there, but I would need to think then about game collateral that I use, uh, how carryable any purchases are, any sort of micro travel that needs to be done. Uh, car sharing is another possibility that I really need to look at. I think if I've got mates who are traveling from maybe my hometown to these places maybe we can get together and save on some cost and indeed save a bit of environmental load i would state and again this might be the uk experience it might be the same for you if you're listening in from uh, elsewhere that the trains are just too expensive i I, it, it feels wrong to me that it's still cheaper, even with the inflated, currently inflated uh, diesel costs for my for my car. It's still cheaper to do that there and back than to go on a train. And even if I go train off peak, it, it's still too costly. I just just got it wrong, and that's got to be a decision. Somebody will have made that decision somewhere that basically rail travel is too much i mean it'll be more competitive you know next year when i'm 60 and i get a card a little sort of train card that will let me have some discounts on cost but even then i looked and i thought even even with a discount it's just pushing about the same as a car journey wrong but you know there we are i did enjoy both my conventions i'm very lucky to come away both crud and virus free and I suppose as a as a retiree now, I had a a quiet week afterwards to look forward to. I didn't have to ramp back up to my sort of work mode after you know a, a nice gaming convention. It it sort of made the events themselves like lovely islands in in a sea of tranquility, which not everybody has. People have got to generally think, yeah, back to the emails, back to the people, back to the back to the work, the sort of work grindstone. So there we are, conventions, they're back. I'll do some more reports on others as they come. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad that the convention scene's back. I'm, I'm hopeful that they can be sustained. 
with COVID, that ventilation and mask wearing is at least thought about. But I, I suspect we'll just blunder through it and kind of fine, except if you get it. So let's see how that goes. The only other thing I would say is, is that um, I set myself very small targets, but I, I've been learning how to do layout using Affinity Publisher. Affinity being a sort of a sort of digital media suite of sort of photo uh, publisher uh, and uh, designer, and as a trio they work very well together. And I have been thinking about writing some stuff for Drive Through. I have written uh, a small Cepheus Deluxe adventure. I'm currently on my second proof for the cover because all the cover looks great. The process of exporting it has not quite worked for the cover. The actual main body of the small adventure came out fine so i'm getting to the point now where i think i can start to push out some products and lay them out myself which is quite useful and to a standard that will enable me to get some books you know sold on drive through and keep the old creative juices going which is really good i think i'll talk a bit more about that in maybe future podcasts about what that's about and maybe the process that i've gone through in using certainly affinity publisher and maybe trying to get files that work for print on drive through digital pdfs no problem that's straightforward um, and so first age entertainment is born uh, of which i suppose this podcast is maybe a part but that uh, dear listener is the subject of another podcast and so uh, I'll, I'll wrap up there um i hope i hope you've enjoyed that if you've if i've possibly I don't know, maybe I've sent you to sleep during it uh, and you've had to rewind. Um, rewind. Yes, that assumes that you've taped it. I mean, you might have taped it. It's, it's unlikely. But if you have taped it and rewound it, I hope that the taping went well. Uh, and you're trying to get to this bit, which is the end, which I'm now prolonging by talking about tapes, which is a bit odd. So take care. Uh, enjoy your gaming. I hope all is well with you. And we will speak, well, I say soon, as soon as I can get round to it. Cheers.